So we've had this ongoing issue on Automation Show where we get callers who are trying to call into the 7 o'clock show before us, Copulation Show, and the 9 o'clock show after us, Restoration Show. For some reason, we're all sharing the same phone number, and today we're going to get that all sorted out. Chad, good to see you. Is today the day? Today is the day. Yes. Who's that broadcasting right now? Oh, that's Germination Show. It's home gardening. So phones. Yes. We need to get our own line set up. Right. Okay, follow me down to the machine room. We'll sort some cables out. I think we might be able to figure it out. Is Jason on his way or? Yeah, he texted me. He's running a few minutes late. Okay, text him back. Let him know to just meet us downstairs. Okay, Chad, follow me over here. Watch out for that wood block that's holding the door open. Sometimes these metal steps are slippery, so be careful. I don't want you to fall. So this is it, the machine room. Wow, this is cool. Yeah, okay, all the phone stuff is over here in this box. If we can get it open. Yuck. Well, that was easier than I thought. How long has this been down here? Yeah, I don't know. This does feel old. I thought they just built the Grum Grum. It's kind of weird being here when we aren't broadcasting. Where are they? Guys? Guys? In here! Hey, Jason, make sure that block holds the door open. Whoa! This is fantastic! Why does this door not have a handle on the inside, though? It's weird, right? Look at all this cool old stuff. Oops. That's my bad. Yeah, careful with that. Can you hold this here, like this? Yeah. Have you guys seen this? Kind of got our hands tied here. What's a main drain? You probably shouldn't touch that. Is this for real? Like a giant pipe with a sign that says main drain. Yeah, don't. With a big red wheel that says do not touch. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we have the parts for this. Touch. What do we need? So you see this connector? I'm gonna need another one that looks almost identical to this one. Would Radio Shack have something like that? Yeah, probably, but I don't know. I guess we could go over there and see. Jack, come take a look at this. That's pretty cool. Just a big red wheel that says do not turn. Hmm. What do you think happens if we turn it? Yeah, I'll see you guys later. I'm gonna go to Radio Shack. Bye, Paul. What if we just turned it out just a little bit? Wait a minute. Did Paul just close that door? Uh, Jason? Like just a little bit, just to see what it does. Jason, the door closed. What happened to the little wooden block? Wasn't there something holding it? You mean this block? Oh, well, can you open it? There's no handle on this side. Why would there not be a hand? Hello? Hello? The only people up there in the sound booth. They're never going to hear us. I'll call Paul. That's weird. I don't have any phone signal down here. Wow. Okay. I don't either. Are we trapped right now? Uh -huh. 
This week we're talking phones from old timey to new agey. Your call is very important to us. When done wrong, they can be a real pain in the NECK. Please stand the line. But when done right, you can automate some super cool stuff around. Beep, boop. This week on Automation Phone. Here we are, completely trapped. Paul won't be gone too long. It'll be okay. Can you imagine a creepier place to be stuck? Probably, but this is pretty weird. So here's the thing. They just built the Grumley Center. Yep. This stuff's old. These cobwebs are older than the Grum Grum. Yeah, I don't get it. Think there was something here before this? Chad, this looks like another door. With no handle. What is with all the doors with no handles? Come here. You hear that? Hear what? Put your ear up against the door. Yeah, I hear something. Well, I'm creeped out. The irony is the solution to this problem is our phones, which don't work. And what got us into this mess in the first place. Yep. Honestly, I despise phones. How so? They're just a pain in the neck. Mm-hmm. What's your phone journey been? I guess you've been running a remote company for a while, so did you ever have to fuss with like the old-timey, like landline, traditional-style phones? Mm, no, I think from day one we started with an old Line 2 account. Did you ever hear of that company before? Yeah. Yeah. They've been around for a really long time. It was kind of like one of these things that sits on your App Store or Google Play Store. And, yeah. you know, they're just like, oh, what is this? A second phone number uh, for. So I, I've always had one. And when we, we started the, the Canadian CPA firm, we ended up just picking another phone number uh, that was VoIP. And we used it for a little while. Uh, people did call us. Uh, we answered. And then we realized we needed something bigger. How about you? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I grappled with the old-timey phones for years. You had to have had a job before this where you <laughs> did the old, like, extension XYZ. I have to figure out what all the different colored buttons mean. Then you had the, the room in the basement that had 15,000 cables connecting all the office phones to the right extensions. Yep. Sure. I mean, we've all grown up. I forget what the name of those phone systems were. Phones. They called that, those are just phones. The cool new agey ones have a different name. Well, they, they all had the same looking buttons that had different lines and you could see who was on the phone and it was some sort of, was that the original I'm busy looking at somebody's phone and seeing that like they're on the line? <laughs> it might've been. Or DND, do not disturb. I think that was actually OG, do not disturb, like before cell phones had that. Yeah. And there was like lights on the phone or something like that. Yep. Yes, but the, like, what brings us here? So the, yeah, we might have started with phones. I mean, that, that was the way you worked. You talked to people, uh, you emailed them, but you know, you called when you needed something. Maybe that was the OG instant message. Phones. Phones. <laughs> we're, we're grasping at straws here. Tell us more about the history of phones, Chad Davis. No, let's let's not. So you, you got me talking about phones. When you think of what we're going to be talking about today on the like the new agey phone stuff, it's almost. I think that progression to like a phone as a service. Is almost like the transition from an on-premise server to like, you know, your SaaS-based software alternative. Like it's almost kind of like that, right? It's an infrastructure move. Imagine these companies that no longer have to have that thing, that, you know, that switch in the basement, all these cables and things are working. And now they only have to work with bad quality VoIP lines where you can never make someone out. And it doesn't matter how many billions of dollars you make. The quality of yep. VoIP lines That's the future. just somehow has not been as good as the OG. We're living in this weird multiple decade of just horrible VoIP. And, and one day they'll figure it out. But today isn't the day. 
I do think it's worth acknowledging there's going to be a lot of people listening to this who still use traditional phones. Either maybe because they don't see the upside of the alternative, maybe they don't have the control over that decision, and so they need their bullet point list of here's all the reasons why it's better. But it's shocking. Like if I had to guess in the U.S., and I know you always flex your Canadian, your modern Canadian values on me, but if I had to guess in the U.S., I suspect that the vast majority of like in-person physical offices still have traditional phones for good reason. I mean, they put a lot of money into it. The ROI calculation on that is decades. It's just better quality. I mean, I, I don't know if I had somebody that was always talking to customers and we couldn't figure out how to move it to an online system that was of good quality. It might be a reason to stay. It's not like the innovation in the traditional phone space hasn't happened. There's a lot of tech behind what routes numbers and has auto attendance and how things are accessed online, even if it is through a traditional system. And like that, I don't think I've been a part of for a while because we've been on sort of VoIP phones since around, I don't know, 06, 08. So you started on, was it Line 2? Is that what it's called? I think so, yeah. And then you went to something a little more feature-rich that could probably handle passing stuff around to more people. Was that kind of what put you over the top? Oh, yeah, okay. So the journey part. Yeah, so it was always the personal side of things. And then as your company gets bigger, you invest in something else that has auto attendance and, you know, more features and maybe better quality. What do you mean when you say auto attendance? So, you know, there's uh, times when you call somebody and then it says, hey, press one for this, press two for this, press three for that. Gotcha. The routing. Yeah, call route. Okay. Yeah. So like, what did we do? So we went from, yeah, we went from line two, then we went to a system called Grasshopper. And Grasshopper has been around for a really long time. And their value proposition was always unlimited extensions. Oh. So you could have a number and you get unlimited extensions. You'll see that a lot of the the phone companies today that are quite modern will charge per user or charge per line. And then they could have shared numbers or extensions that are using the same numbers. Yeah. But funny enough, I guess this, I don't know if this was the, like a cheapness or a just, it, it wasn't a big enough necessity to move to one of these other systems. We just stayed on Grasshopper. So we've been on that since about 2014 and it's been fine. I mean, good enough. Yeah. Good enough. And I, I think when things are good enough, it's hard to switch. Um, what's your phone journey been like? It's just dawning on me now. The irony is if we had a landline phone in the machine room right now, we wouldn't be stuck in this predicament. But uh, yeah, my journey's been through all of the headaches of traditional phone systems to some really ugly like hybrids, like traditional phone systems that then try to layer in a soft phone on top of it, which... It kind of ended up being the worst of both worlds, I think, to then moving to just like a phone as a service. And like to me, so like, you know, Ring Central, I think is probably the most mainstream one in the last few years and services like that. Uh, what makes this an interesting topic to me to talk about is I don't think we think much about automating things around phones. It's a big part of how we communicate and connect with customers. But we don't think of it like we may think of our project management system or email that you automate things around. What is taking Paul so long? Shouldn't he be here by now? Maybe we should try the main drain. And how would that help? Uh, there you go. Thanks. Have a great day. Hey, I like your Johnny Five tattoo. Uh, Thanks so much for saying that. Yeah. 
My boss says I have to cover it up when I'm working. <sighs> but he only comes in around a couple times a week. Oh, okay. This job can be a real downer sometimes. You're actually the first uh, customer I've uh, had um, today. I actually, I've got to go. I've got to run. <sighs> I got to yeah, go. Yeah, this job has its days. Uh, I worked over at the Circuit City for a while. Yeah. And it was okay. It was nice because I could get paid on commission, but Radio Shack covers my dental. Look, I, I really have to go. It's kind of the nicest thing about this job. Look, that's really I got great. I got this I think it might be infected. I think it might be infected or something. I gotta go. Well, at least I made one friend today. I'm sure I'll be back any minute. We've got a show to do in a half an hour anyway. Okay, so phone automations. We automate our email, project management tasks, all these other things, but have you ever automated your phone? Yes. I'm sure we've all had something like this where you don't want to receive calls from a certain type of person, whether it's a government agency or a type of customer or a new customer or something. So what we ended up doing was our auto attendant on our phone system, please don't spam this. If you're an existing client, you know, it goes one way. Uh, if you know the extension, it goes one way. And then, you know, the equivalent of the IRS in Canada is the CRA, oh. Canada Revenue Agency. And I think we mo we might have moved it to say, like, if you are the CRA calling, which they do for a majority of reasons, press the button, press one or press three or something. Oh. They're immediately prompted to record the company it's for, their name, their contact information, and say, like, this is the best way to reach the best person rather than reaching out to a live person. We will get this ticket right away and we'll be in touch. We reassure them and then they know what to leave. I mean, they are trained to leave all that information anyway. And then it goes into our help desk system. And I think since maybe 2014 or 15, we've been using Teamwork Desk as our help desk system. And a ticket gets created, it's assigned out. There's some automations on that to flag the right people. And that's the automation for the phone. It's smart enough to where it's looking at some sort of CRM to determine if the number that's calling in is an active client. No. Oh. We ask people to do that. That's not smart enough. Oh, okay. You totally could do that if you're getting into that um, that flow, that programmatic flow. But we're not uh, we're not hooking that up just yet. So I'm fascinated by the endpoints that SaaS phones make available to you. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I think maybe it's just a trope in our industry, but there's like this pipe dream of having a accurate CRM of every single touch point you ever have with a client and getting every single person to comply. And so that anytime you get a phone call or text message or any of these other things that are not connected to your CRM, everybody's going to log into the CRM. They're going to log that thing that just happened. They're going to take very detailed notes of the discussion. And then we're going to have a complete record of everything we've talked about with the client, which has never happened in the history of humanity. You're wiggling your beard at this. Keep going. <laughs> there's people trying to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the idea of an indicator that there's been a call being better than nothing. So like, for example, let's just cruise through. I'm on Zapier. Let's cruise through the triggers and actions for Ring Central that are on Zapier. Because I don't think we think about phones in this way, like something that can be connected to other systems. So here's the triggers. Call ended. 
new call recording, new SMS sent, missed call, new SMS received, new voicemail. So just on that short list, there's a lot of useful things we could carve out of that. Like, let's say we want to log every time a call ends with a client to our CRM. Mm -hmm. You can see if there's been a missed call, anything like that. If I'm trying to reach out to a client, I can hop in and see, oh, they just tried to call my partner yesterday and he missed the call. That's really helpful context to have. It's not as good as having all the call notes, but it's better than nothing. And you could even build like follow-up workflows around that. Like, you know, you get a Slack message. Hey, Steve, I see yesterday you had a call with Jim and you haven't put any notes in that entry. Here's a link to the CRM entry to drop a couple quick notes about what that call was about or something like that. Yeah, and you could filter out the automations to say if the phone call was greater than 45 seconds yeah. or a minute, yeah. it might be more appropriate. You listed off some of the Zapier triggers. I'll, I'll list you off some of the, the make ones too. So you can watch all new calls. Is this for Ring Central also? Yep. Okay. You can watch all the missed calls. Then you can list different users and contacts. You can watch all the messages, whether they're voice, SMS, or a call. You can watch faxes, because Ring Central does faxes. Oh. And they have their make an arbitrary API call. So if you need access to anything on their API system, you can do that right through that option. I see an action in Zapier that says generate a ring out call. And the description says start a two-legged ring out call based on specific from and to matters. I don't know what that is, but I'm fascinated by the concept of a two-legged ring out call. <laughs> Above my pay grade. <laughs> so lots of options. And like you said, there's so much benefit to having that visibility. And like we both use project management systems that talk to email. And I'll be very honest, the only way that we know if somebody called is if they left a message and there's a ticket assigned to it. But we don't have a way where we're linking the teamwork desk ticket back into that CRM system. That's a great idea. I don't see why we don't put a link into it every time that happens. Teamwork Desk is all over the place with Zapier and Make and everywhere else, so that could be a pretty easy lift. Phone use is super contextual to your business. They're like different types of businesses, obviously. Some will never use the phone. Some use it a ton from like full-on call centers that have like full software suites for managing all of this. But for everything short of that, it's interesting what you can do for this. A great example, a dental clinic client I had who transitioned to Ring Central at one point, they started incentivizing some of their admin team to reach out to people who haven't rescheduled appointments. So there's an incentive to reach out to those people who probably need another appointment but haven't scheduled one. And so they gave them some sort of spiff if they could get those scheduled and then indicate in their system that that person had been called and so they wanted a way to start tracking, like, if we've got five team members doing this, how many calls are they making? Like, who are they reaching out to so that we can log that stuff? And the, their process for doing that was actually logging into Ring Central and like printing to a PDF a log of all of the calls for the whole day. And then it goes to another admin person to review it. Oh, dear. Honestly, I think for the people short of the call centers who have full suites of tools for doing all of this and a very mature outlook on managing this stuff, I think that's probably where most people are. Like, I don't think that many people are, you know, thinking about the phone as a part of a process and how to push and pull this data to different places. No, you know, it's, it's funny. Once you start playing around with this stuff, you're thinking you don't even need to build a full on automation that's like from the dental system. They could export the day's list, upload that into a form somewhere, and that starts the whole automation. And then they have this thing on their screen all day long 
where they know if people have booked in based on some of the things people are clicking and SMS notes or emails that are being sent out. And they do it all over again the next day. And I wonder if they would need the five people if they had that type of automation. Absolutely not. Cool opportunity. Did you end up fixing it for them or, or, or working through with it? Oh, gosh, no. No, I... Nope. Nope, 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 That's funny. Nope. Got my own problems, Davis. <laughs> like right. you, like you, I will I will admit that I'm like, I'm not at all using this to the potential that I should be. But we're switching project management systems now to a system that has a really intelligent way of logging calls where it's actually useful and you'll see it, you'll bump into it. And that's actually what got me thinking about this is... Like, that's not a hard thing to build. Like, trigger this thing every time a call is complete. Go find the client. That's probably the hardest part, making sure you can find the client over there. Mm -hmm. And then just logging, a call happened. And that's a great starting point. Maybe for certain levels of staff or something like that, there's a a mandatory follow-up where they then have to log the notes into that call. But yeah, it's something I want to explore in the next couple of months. We've also had a really old Twilio account and like very little experience on the programmatic side. Like mm. It's very, very techy and has always been for those developers. In recent years, they've made a lot of efforts to make it more normie friendly. So visual building studios, making it super easy to buy phone numbers, um, lots of tutorials. Twilio is like phone calls and SMS or? Think about the developer's telephone, right? Yeah. Voice over IP, um, online phone numbers that you can spin up delete, use, forward, split down however you want. And almost like in a zappier fashion, if this, then that statements, all kinds of that. Almost like what Stripe is for money, I feel like Twilio is for SMS and phone. The really short answer here or short story is that we ended up uh, running into a lot of two-factor authentication issues with uh, sharing one phone number with someone. So we would end up spinning up these once-off numbers and then creating a flow where anytime something hits that number, it would go to us, but it would also go back to the client. So we were both getting the same code and we weren't like worried about hitting that one, that one number issue. You could do that with a whole bunch of apps. And I think that also talks to how the ecosystem has grown over the last five years. If you typed SMS into Zapier, when you're searching the availability and you go into make and you type in SMS, there are almost 40 or 50 different companies. I mean, just in A's and B's, there's Call Hippo, Call Rail, Clickatel, Dialpad, Open Phone, Click SMS, Kixi. How did Open Phone get in the C's? Well, it's because I remembered it and I, I stuck it in the C's. <laughs> stuck it in there. <laughs> Send SMS, SMS, SMS alert. So I think I understand why Twilio and Open Phone, like, they get a lot of the work because they do so well in marketing and they have such a presence. Um, it must be really hard for these, these more startup SMS friendly apps to, to gain market share. But when ones are hitting a specific use case, I could see why people would use them. Okay. So people are exploring a cool new AG phone. Like where do they, where do they even begin? You think? I think they begin with trying to identify what problems they're having and seeing if that solution fixes it. So if it's, Hey, I just need to be on the road. Maybe I just need something simple like a line two. Oh, I need a full on business phone with lots of options. Maybe an open phone's an option or a ring central, something a little bit beefier. But I think the real value in this automation side of phones is going into Zapier and going into Make and looking at what actions you can take. That's what I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah, and thinking about how that fixes some problems. So your dentist office problem, there's all kinds of stuff that that is there about sending SMSs. You could send things with links, you could send emails with buttons, you could do whatever you need to do. Uh, integrate it with Calendly and send a Calendly link only for certain types of customers. You get the idea. And then once you're there, 
And you've spent a lot of time figuring out what you can do with phones. Ah! Paul! Guys? Paul, oh, Paul! You, you left and the wooden block came out of the door hey. and there was nothing. We couldn't get to the other side. It's so good to see you, Paul. I'm so sorry, guys. Wow. How long has it been? It was about 12 minutes. Oh, am I happy to see you, Paul. I'm so sorry, guys. We need to figure out a better way to block that door open. Okay, Paul. So have you seen this? What's the deal with this door? So it's funny, I asked the people from the radio station about that when they first gave me a tour and they were weird about it. Have you noticed the sound that's coming from behind it? A sound? Yeah, come listen to this. I'm not hearing anything. I heard it earlier. You heard it, right, Chad? I'm not sure what I heard. I think you guys have been down here for too long. Let's get this finished up. We gotta go broadcast soon. All right, guys, we're live in 15. What a day. What a day. Three, two. Welcome into Automation Show on 104.3, Mr. Buzz. I'm Jason. And I'm Chad. No catchphrase today? Nah, not today. Okay, we'll be here live for the next hour, taking your calls about all things automation. Let's go to the phones. Who we got first? Ashley. Ashley, go ahead. You are live on Automation Show. Hi, Ashley. Hey, so I'm setting up a study group, and I use Calendly, so I would like to set up an event in Calendly for that study group. We're meeting every Sunday, but I don't know who's going to show up, right? I don't know who's going to sign up for my group. So I would love to set up an event where people sign up for the event, and then not only does it show me who signed up, it also sends out reminder emails every Sunday. Hey, it's study group time. Here's the link. Does Calendly do that? Okay, so she's using Calendly. Basically wants a recurring meeting, right? So a recurring meeting with reminders going out to a bunch of people each Sunday. Is that a Calendly thing? I don't know if that's a Calendly thing. Maybe. I mean, your your head goes to this, this place of, well, Calendly has group meetings. Does it deal with this specific situation? So I always find myself going into Calendly, clicking on creating a new group type of an event, and then you see, okay, I've got all these settings for the groups, but there's really no settings that I know of that relate to recurring meetings. So maybe this isn't a Calendly thing at all. This is really something completely more simple. What do you think? I guess one thing we don't know is, is it at the same time every Sunday or is it a different time every Sunday? If it's the same time each Sunday, I think your best bet's just a recurring regular old recurring calendar event where people can RSVP you've got probably a, a fixed zoom link or whatever it is that doesn't change so that people can hop into there every time and keep reusing that same link mm -hmm. if it's a different time every Sunday no, that's harder um, I don't think that's what you're saying though so I would say I think a regular old vanilla recurring calendar event would probably be fine and then for the reminder each Sunday Maybe that's just a cron job, an, an automation that runs each Sunday at noon or something like that. Probably want to just trigger something each week when you want that reminder to go out. How would you do that, Chad? Oh, it's probably a bunch of ways. And now, now we're assuming that she's not using something like MindBody or some of these other tools that have classes and reminders and schedules and payments and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But on the, the purely craft your own little automation world, uh, you could go into Zapier or Make and do a search as a trigger on a schedule. So like you said, Sunday morning or you know Wednesday afternoon, search for 
the next event that has these names in the title and you could put quotations around it and make sure that it's exact. And then if it brings up one event that's coming up next within seven days, then you could then query all of the people on that event and then run an automation to do whatever you need to do, right? Send an email, put a button in the email, send a text message through any of the things we just talked about um, and, and get it going there. It feels like a big lift, but once it's up and running, it's pretty cheap compared to the alternative. Yeah, so a regular old recurring calendar event and then an automation that runs each Sunday searches for that Sunday's event to see who's on it. And then you get all those emails, send them an email, send them a text, whatever, however you want to remind them. Okay, thanks for the call, Ashley. Who we got next? Chuck. Hello, Chuck. Hello, boys. I've run into an issue and I'm not sure the best way to handle it. I've built out an automation and it connects to a single trigger. But what if there are two triggers, three triggers? How can I route several triggers down a single automation path? Thank you both. I enjoy your show immensely. Multiple triggers. I like that. What's the best way? I can think of a few different ways. None of them are perfect. How would you tackle that, Chad? Okay, define it first. So what does it mean to have multiple triggers? So you want a consistent process to happen where the data could come from multiple potential sources. So there's some sort of processing that has to happen, then maybe it goes to your destination, but that processing could happen on things that are coming in via several different channels. Right, so an email could come in from one place, it, you know, into the CEO, another email could come into admin, another email could come into sales, and those are all different triggers, right? And you want the automation of whatever is in those emails to complete, but it could come from three different places. Yeah, but I feel like in that case, you could route it all to a single email and then trigger it based on that one email, right? <laughs> Maybe a better analogy <laughs> is it could come in from email, it could come in from phone, from SMS, something like that. There you go, yeah, that's smarter. But then you want it all to be processed the same way based on the data that's in that information. Yeah, so what are you thinking? I think you gotta compartmentalize the processing of the trigger and the processing of the data. So for example, in make, I'd probably set it up so that those triggers were their own scenarios that then handed off to a webhook that was a different scenario. So you have a single webhook for handling the data, but maybe there's other scenarios just for handling the trigger and then passing it off to the webhook. Zapier actually has a pretty elegant way of handling this sort of thing now that I think is called subzaps. So the idea is you can chunk out your processes and be more modular with how they're designed. So if there's a certain way you need a bunch of different things processed, you design the processing of that thing, but then you can pipe it in from a bunch of different places. And it's it's actually like a core traditional development framework is like, you know, being more modular in how you design things so you're not rewriting the same process across five different triggers, right? That's such a zappier thing to do. Make something super techy, yeah. accessible to everyday normies trying to automate. And I love it. I love that. I like that one. Good question, Chuck. Who's next? Uh, Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Thanks for calling into the show. Hey, guys. It's Stuart again. Not ringing a bell. Really? From Radio Shack? Johnny Five Tattoo? I call you almost every week. Oh, sorry, Stuart. What's your question? Well, I work at the Radio Shack, and there isn't much to do during the day. We don't get too many. Thanks for calling Automation Show. Can I get your name, please? Jet! Am! It's JJ 
Jam. Your name is Jam? <laughs> yeah, Jam. Uh, parents had a real sense of humor. Thanks for calling into the show, Jam. What's your automation question? Uh, well, I, I print a lot of documents manually. Wait. Not that there's anything wrong with doing things manually. <clears throat> I, I'm trying to print a lot of documents. This isn't Jam. Is that so? <laughs> You're getting better, Paul, is it? Why are you calling here? I wanted to deliver a message. I think you delivered your message last week. <laughs> oh, that? That was just a bit of fun. A bit of fun? You took over our entire broadcast and scared everyone in Automation Town. Listen here, Paul. Last week was an exercise. Just a bit of fun. To set the stage. If I had truly wanted to scare the people of Automation Town, hmm, let's just call that the overture. Look, don't call here again. Guys, 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 guys. Jake just called again. Like Jake, the mayor of Manuel's Park. Yeah, that Jake. He sounds threatening. Should I call the police? What are you guys doing? Jake just called in. Go lock the door. Let's finish this up. Okay, that'll be enough of that, Stuart. Let's wrap this up before the last person stops listening. That has been Automation Show, where you give us your automation questions and we make the world hopefully just a slightly more automated place. Paul, what did Jake say earlier? I don't know. It was ominous. He was saying things like last week was just the beginning. We probably ought to let the police know so they can update the report they did last week. <sighs> what a day. Right? Goodness sakes. What a day. Hey, you guys want to go downstairs and turn the wheel on the main drain? Jason, no. no you you can't. can't do We're that. Gonna no, do that. stop. Stop it, Jason. Yeah, who am I kidding? I am never going into that machine room again. Want to bet? Automation Town is hosted by Chad Davis and Jason Statz and edited by Paul O'Mara. Share your problems with us on Twitter at Chad Davis. Is it just Chad Davis? Yeah. And J Stats CPA. Can you spell it? So there's a J Stats S T double A T S. It's a palindrome, but it has CPA at the end, so it's not a palindrome. Right. So we're following along. J S T A A T S C P A. You did say it right. And if you're enjoying the pod, please leave Automation Town a review by submitting a note in person at the Automation Town Civic Center, or by sending us a fax at 555 